0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts.
1: Charlie, how are you?
0: Yes, Jim. Hey, uh, I've got an older home with a patio door. And, of course, patio doors are a little drafty. Would like to change it out and put a French door in there. Uh, What kind of a project have I got on my hands?
1: Well, if this and this is a sliding patio door, yes. right yes, okay huh? If it's a standard size where the if, that, if that's a case, it's a pretty simple project. It's, it's an afternoon project. you'll take and lift the sliding glass door off the track, take that one out, remove the second side, collapse the aluminum frame into the opening. you're done with that part of it. And literally, you'll take the new door, it comes pre framed and everything. It'll have uh, the trim on one side of it so that you can tip it into place. Screw okay. it, uh, you'll use the shims to square it up and everything, and uh, screw it into the walls, and you're done. It, it, it is literally that simple. Now, you're still well. going to want to caulk it and uh, no if you've got any types of gaps, use some foam insulation around it. Put your trim and seal everything up. But uh, realistically, you should be able to do this in three, four hours if cool. you've never done it before.
0: Okay. Well, I've done a little construction. Uh, the, the place where I want it there, I would really like for the uh, door to swing on the center support. Are there any... Uh, doors uh french doors that uh, that swing on the center support
1: yes okay yes there absolutely are uh you may have to order it but it it is available uh you you know you can go to uh the box stores or seconds and surplus all those different places carry them i typically just get them from the box stores myself her other question also i'm being told that my ac model will not be able to have Freon added in the next few years due to unavailability. Is this true? If so, do I need to replace my AC within the next two years? If so, what company would you recommend purchasing a new unit from? Okay, first thing I'm going to tell you is I probably would not purchase my unit from the guy who told you that. Because he's just trying to sell you a new unit now. Here's the deal. The Freon, the old R22 Freon, yes, is being phased out. They are going to have to quit manufacturing it in 2020. Now, I have heard in the last two weeks that there has been plans to extend that time, but I haven't found anything yet to back that up. I've, I've only heard about it. But even when they quit making the R22 in the next couple years, well, actually in the next year or so, there will still be some R-22 available. It will be expensive, but it will be available. So if your system is still working just fine, I would not tell you to replace it. However, if you get a Freon leak and you have to recharge that system all the way, in a couple years it will be very expensive and would have to be it would probably be cheaper to replace the system at that point. I would not be in a rush over the coolant to replace my air conditioning system. Wait till you have an issue with it. Replace it at that time. Let's go out to Katie. Felicia, how can I help you?
2: Hi. Um, I have a relatively new home, a custom-built home, and I guess uh, it's just a little over a year old, and about two months ago, um, we went from the heater to the air conditioning, and it put out this horrible smell. And yep. that was less than a year old. And so now every time we go from the heat to the A.C., we get the horrible, I guess it's called the stinky sock syndrome. Yep. And I'm like, how in the world can that be when our house is only a year old? So I I had the people that put the air conditioning system come out, and they're like, oh, just open up the windows, and that's pretty normal nowadays. And I'm like, I don't think so. So uh, that's why I heard your show. I've never heard your show before, and I was like, I'm going to ask him.
1: What? You never heard of us before.
2: I don't listen to the radio (laughs) on the weekends, except I was driving from Dallas to Houston, and I'm like, oh, this is a neat show. So I started listening to
1: it. You are correct. You shouldn't be getting that smell like, like that. Now, can you get a, a, just a whiff of a smell? Absolutely. Because if the system sits dormant for a while, you, you, you may smell something. But it should dissipate in literally seconds. Uh, it, it, the, the, Sock, the Sock syndrome typically is an odor that will last for quite some time and then go away. And usually it has to do with the coils and the moisture that gets in the coils, start growing bacteria in there. It needs to be cleaned up, and the airflow needs to be taken care of to keep this from happening again.
2: So is it a airflow problem that caused the coil problem? or did the problem originate?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's the airflow across the coils that usually causes the initial problem.
2: And what, why would that do that? What would cause that?
1: If they don't have the right size return air, you know, in Uh other words, drawing air back into the system, Mm -hmm. uh, you don't get the the right air movement. If they don't have the blower motor set to the right speed, you can get things like this. There's all kinds of stuff that goes into it.
0: Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us.
1: HR, welcome to KTRH. How can I help you? I had a deck uh, built last year out
0: of composite material and about six months after the deck was built I started having black dots and things come through. It looks like mold to me. I tried to pressure wash it. I tried to put uh, Clorox and water on it but none of it um, it went away for a little while but would come back. So I was wondering is there any type of Thing that I can put on there that would uh, hide all that stuff?
1: You shouldn't have to. Uh, in fact, if that deck material, you know, like you said, you just put it in six months ago, you know that has a warranty on it. If there's an issue with it, and that can happen because a lot of those deck materials are a composite that have wood chips in them and things like that the manufacturer should stand behind replacing that material after they've come out and taken a look at it.
0: Well, the problem is, is I had a handyman build the thing, and he went uh, to the to the store and got it. I don't have a receipt or proof that I bought it there.
1: So, okay, um, and, you, and I imagine you don't have anything then from the handyman either, huh? Right. Okay. All Well, I don't... Because of the materials that those composites are made out of, uh, no, there's, there's really not a product to put on them that's going to stick. Uh, you know, because a lot of them have plastic resins in them and things like that, and so the materials just don't stay attached to it.
0: There's nothing like chills or anything you could put on, or just a primer, and then paint over that.
1: Not that I'm aware of. And, and if you did, by walking on it, you're going to mm-hmm. wear through it right away.
0: So does that sound like that's mulled?
1: It does. Uh, are the black dots about oh between an eighth and a quarter inch round? Yes. Yeah, that's what you've got going on. Now, I will tell you what I would try, rather than trying to put a coating on it. Uh, Use a an enzyme type product to clean it, like uh, spray and forget, wet and forget, some of those products, because what they do is they eat up the the molds and mildew particles. Uh, you know the and and that keeps it from growing back again. Now I'm not going to say that's going to last forever, but it might give you more like a year or two at a time that you don't have to mess with it.
0: Okay, and is that something that you spray on with with a pump sprayer,
1: yeah, you can use a pump sprayer or just a, a little spray bottle, like even a windex type spray bottle uh, any type of little spray it comes with a little sprayer and you can pick it up at uh, you, a lot of times at the box stores at nurseries places like that uh, it'll be in the gardening department because what it's used for is is on plants to kill all those you know uh funguses and things that get onto plants Mm -hmm. and so it does the same thing on brick and wood and other uh, items as well
0: okay okay well
1: thank you for your time i appreciate it you bet take care hr let's go down to corpus christi hello russell how you doing appreciate taking the time for the call i appreciate you holding through that speech oh yeah yeah
3: um listen three three questions related to uh, foundation um, a couple a year or two ago I had some some guy uh, companies come out and test the foundation and they said it looks like from the back to the front of the house there's about a one inch drop um, I had seen some cracks in the ceiling and walls and a little bit in the tile and uh, I plan to sell the house maybe within a year or two okay so my questions are um, when should I consider fixing the foundation now or closer to the sale or let the buyer um, bring it up and talk about it and then also I did have a plumber come out and do a hydrostatic test which failed and I think it's related to the foundation Um, and then also when you do fix the foundation are you actually raising the foundation up or are you just stabilizing it where it is
1: Okay, uh, let's start with when would you fix it? When the problem becomes where you don't aren't comfortable with it any longer, it's time to fix it. Now, if you go to sell the house and you have that problem, it is not financeable. Uh, in other words, a mortgage company won't write a mortgage on it. So it's going to have to be fixed prior to trying to fi- sell it and finance it. If you want to get top dollar, otherwise you're okay. going to have a, a, you know a an investor wanting to buy it at a, at a huge discount. Uh, okay. But you mentioned something. You said it's only a one-inch slope across the house? That's what, uh, from what I recall, I didn't go look at
3: my uh, notes or my uh, reports that they sent me, but I had a couple of uh, companies come out, and I apologize. I don't remember if the U.S. came out or not, but um, it, it was uh, a little drop, mainly in one corner, which yeah. is where the uh, bathroom is. Where the where I think the break in the pipe
1: is okay, I, if it was my home, the first thing I would do is start addressing the plumbing. and if they have to tunnel underneath the house to address the plumbing, then I would put piers in at that point because you don't want to dig tunnels without underpinning it. You'll be looking at having problems with the area settling if you don't underpin it when you when you tunnel. Uh, then let's take a look and see where we're at as far as out of level and things like that. Uh, but you know, the very first thing you're going to have to address is the plumbing because even if you level it and you don't take care of the plumbing, you're going to have other issues.
3: Right? Yeah, I, I knew I was going to have to fix the plumbing. I just wasn't sure whether to stabilize the. Foundation or set the foundation first, and then fix the plumbing. I didn't know. It
1: was They're really going the to. You're only an inch out of level, so that's not that much. Now, if you were ta- telling me you were two or three inches, I would isolate where my plumbing leaks are, fix the foundation, and then do the plumbing. How old the house is it?
3: Uh, it's uh ninety. Okay,
1: okay. So you got PVC plumbing. So chances are your leak is going to be isolated to. A single or maybe two breaks. It's not like you got to replace all the plumbing underneath.
3: Right. Yeah, I'm thinking that's correct. Yeah. Okay, so plumbing, um, do the tunnel. Yep. And then underpinning.
1: Give Rudy then, a call at the Due West office. Okay. And he can he can help you with all the ins and outs of it and come take a look at it and tell you. Because quite honestly, with all the rains we've had, you may not even need foundation repair any longer. Take care of the plumbing and be done with it. But he can help you with not just the foundation. He can help you with the plumbing as well. Okay. Uh, And in Corpus, that number is 361-883-2225. Okay. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you, Russell. You bet. Bye. Bye. Yeah, and, and just for everybody listening, foundation repair, you know, there is no magic number that when you're X amount out of level, you got to repair it. Foundations aren't built tabletop level to begin with. I mean, they can be an inch and a half off the day they're built and if you tried to level that and take that inch and a half out of it you would tear the structure up. You're going to cause sheetrock cracks, all the stuff you're trying to avoid. So what you look at is a combination is the foundation out of level, is there cosmetic damage to go with it, and then you design a repair around that. You cannot just come in with a set of numbers and say this has to be done. Now, if it, you know a place is 14 inches out of level, yeah, you can look at the numbers and say this has to be done, but now, when you start dealing in these small numbers, like we were just talking about inch, inch and a half, and stuff, uh, there's got to be more than just elevation readings. There's got to be cosmetic damage. In other words, there's got to be something to fix besides just the numbers. Rich, welcome to Texas Home Improvement.
3: Hey, Mister Dutton, how are you doing? Uh, well,
1: uh, I was doing good until you called me, Mister Dutton. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I got a house being built and. Three phase uh, inspection. I'm I'm trying to determine if I should do it or, or not. If I should just worry about the final inspection. Uh, is it something that you would do? And what do you what do you feel about that?
1: If I was building a house, I would have at minimum three fa- three inspections. Probably a lot more than that, uh, because your city inspections they're coming out to look at minimum standards. And the majority of them are for safety purposes, right. not necessarily for energy efficiency, which is more and more into play anymore. But uh, not necessarily quality things like that. It, what you want to do is hire an inspector to come in and make sure the quality and standards are up to what you want. Now, are you building a custom though or a track home?
3: Uh, it, it's through a builder uh, in a neighborhood in a neighborhood uh, of uh, they have okay. pretty good reviews. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I took it just like what you said: is the city inspections. I didn't really think that they were going to be worth what I would qualify as a good inspection. So uh, most of the companies have the slab pre-slab inspection, then the pre-drywall inspection, then the final inspection, and I didn't know how critical it would be to get the slab inspected because I don't want any movement. I would definitely or... get
1: that done prior to it being poured. Um, mm-hmm. Go on my website. Take a look at Devers Engineering. Okay. Because that, that's going to give you somebody to come out and look and make sure that the standards are being met to the way you want it done, not necessarily minimum standards. This one came in uh, this morning, or no, yesterday afternoon, actually. This is a 1964 shower had grout that has either become stained or cracked. We've tried cleaning it with a brush and a knife and razor, but it still looks bad. What should we do? The grout's 55 years old. It's time it's going to have to be redone. I wouldn't put a lot of time into trying to clean it up because it's just basically not going to happen at this point. So if you take a look at a Dremel tool, they have a little... Blade that can be used to grind the grout out and you can put new grout in. You don't have to grind the grout all the way out. Just grind it down to about a a quarter inch or so and then you've got room to add new grout and make it look new again. Uh, They do make hand scrapers for doing this as well, but you got to have a lot of elbow grease to use one of those things. So I I personally just like to use the the Dremel tool with the, the little grinder wheel on it. Uh, beyond that, there is virtually nothing that's going to take 55-year-old grout and and clean it up and make it look good again. So that would be my recommendation is let's just replace it. And honestly, at 55, you're probably going to need to look at the tile and make a decision, is it worth putting that into the current tile? You may want to just take a look at redoing the shower. And I know that's a lot more money, but Sometimes it's money better spent rather than redoing something and then having to redo the entire project in a year, save up and redo the whole thing. Corey, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thanks for taking the call. Oh, my pleasure. What can I do for you? Uh, Well, I'm looking at uh, buying a new-to-me
4: house and uh, replacing the floors in almost 100% of the house. Um, And as a part of that, I think it's got the – the, kind of the standard three-and-a-half-inch baseboard on it, and I'm looking to replace that with probably a five-and-a-quarter, uh, make it a little bit more interesting, a little better looking, uh, I think. Uh-huh. Um wondering if you would try to talk a guy like me who is relatively handy. I've done a little bit of replacing a piece of baseboard here and there. If you'd try to talk me out of trying to do that myself for the whole house.
1: You mind doing detailed work?
4: I kind of like it, actually.
1: Okay. Then I would not try to talk you out of it.
4: Uh, uh, I, I thought this might be a, a, a way that I could uh, uh, sort of self-finance uh, buying a few tools that I want to have anyway. and uh, oh, Now the
1: truth of... comes out. You <laughs> want to justify going to buy tools. Okay. <laughs> and, and may,
4: you know, maybe get a little self-satisfaction out of sitting around the house afterwards and thinking that I did part of this thing. So.
1: Absolutely. I, I'm going to tell you, I was, I, I went to... My wife's in a uh, women's group out in Double Oak, and we had dinner last night. And a bunch of the guys were sitting around talking, and our wives were there, and somehow a a shop came up. Everybody sitting at the table was wanting to build a shop and get tools for it, and every wife sitting at the table was saying, absolutely not. (laughs) So you got to have a good reason to get it, and and you've got one here, because really it's not a complicated Project it just takes detail work and it takes time, and so would
4: you? Um, would you recommend? Uh, obviously, they would be they'd be primed coming from the store. I guess depending on what I got, I'm, right. I'm not sure what I'm going to wind up with a uh, uh, with a wood or an MDF. Um, wood. Would you go, recommend go with
1: wood? Don't go with MDF.
4: All uh, right. Would you recommend painting before the installation and then doing a touch up afterward? Yes, or uh, just doing all of the painting afterward. Given that I'm going to have new floors down in uh, it, it, at, at the time these go back in.
1: Yes, I would. I would definitely paint them first. Okay. Even if you were going to uh, paint the whole thing after putting them in, I would still paint them first before okay. putting them in, because typically you want to put two coats of paint, anyways. Right. And so definitely put at least one coat if not two before installing and then the touch up is really simple if if you install them fairly shortly after you paint them and by that i mean don't wait you know 3 years cuz yeah, colors can no, be but, wonderful uh yeah would, would, uh, would you would you spray good them or, uh, or brush really them saw really what you're going to need yeah uh, would you spray those or brush them you know since you're going to do touch up because of where the nail holes are, I probably would not spray them. I would I would brush them, okay. Because your touch up will show much much less, if at all.
4: All right. I guess the last little piece for me, if you don't mind, is sure. would you do you have a place that you would recommend uh, to pick up these baseboards other than the big box stores? Uh, you know, I'm just kind of looking at, at different profiles, and they don't have much available there in the, in the five and a quarters.
1: Yeah. Uh, what part of town are you in?
4: Um, I'm in uh, Plano, Frisco area, but uh, don't mind going to wherever it is I need to go.
1: Okay. There is a shop down in the Duncanville area. DeSoto or Duncanville? I can't remember which now. I'd have to, to go back and look it up. But uh, they specialize in trim and finish boards. I'll have
4: to look them up down there then.
1: Yeah. That, that would be the place to go.
4: All right. Well, I appreciate your help very much. Uh, You've uh, been giving
1: me a little motivation, I think. Hey, i I want to throw one thing out. When when you get that new miter saw, uh, they've got them now where not only do they just chop down, but y- you have where you can pull and extend out a cut for cutting wider boards.
4: Yeah, the sliding miters.
1: Yeah, invest yeah, in that. that's kind of what I was looking at. Yeah, invest in that because the I love my miter saws. I've always wanted to get a, a radial arm saw, and I, I tell you that sliding miter really takes care of both items. Uh, it, it, because a lot of times with a miter saw, once you get past a four-inch board, you're done cutting. So if you got something that's a five and a quarter, you you can't do it worth the slide here. You can.
4: Yeah, that, that seems like the the 12-inch sliding miter seemed to be a, a good tool to, to look at in yep. order to be able to like those in flower boxes and things like that later yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, yep. Okay. Well, great. Thanks again for your help. You bet. Take care. I, I got to get me one of those things, but I got two miter saws already. Don't ask why. I have two miter saws already, and I can't justify buying another one, but I can justify getting that radial arm saw one day. Email question that uh, came in. I have a large number of cabinets in my kitchen. A handful of them, wraps are peeling slightly. What can I do to shore up the ones that need repair? If you have older cabinets that have a skin on them, when that skin starts to peel off, the only thing you can do with that is a little dab of glue to glue it back down, and it's going to be temporary. It's not going to be something that's going to stay. You need to start preparing that you're going to have to replace those cabinets or at the very least put new fronts on the cabinets. Yeah, you can have new cabinet doors made and have a veneer put on the front of the cabinets if the inside of the cabinets are still good. A lot of people don't realize, but many cabinets have just a paper-thin coating that's put over the cabinet material whether it's a particle board or plywood and it once that starts peeling off it's next to impossible to do anything that's going to keep it there and keep it looking good so uh like i said you can have a a new veneer put on or you can be taking a look at new cabinets one or the other let's head back to the call susan welcome to texas home improvement how can i help you
5: Jim, longtime listener, um, we have had a hot water leak in our master bathroom, and um, around Thanksgiving, and then they tried to find it, but unfortunately, it closed itself up. Well, it came back last week, so it flooded half our bedroom, and they finally found it. Yep. But the plumber's giving us two options. He's saying that we can tear up both sides of the walls because they're connected, or we can tunnel through the bottom of the house because it's actually a pinhole leak below the slab. So, okay. what would you suggest?
1: How much tunneling? Pardon? How far in would they have to tunnel?
5: Um, about 12 feet. He says it's a 12-foot minimum, and it kind of just meets the minimum. But it's, you know, no damage to the house. They also say if you sell the house, it's not considered incursion, so no damage versus tearing up both sides of the walls. Now, they're also telling me, though, that sometimes the insurance won't pay for the tunneling because it's not damage inside the house. But to me, it makes sense not to have damage in the house and have to deal with tearing up sheetrock, trying to rematch paint, because our house is 16 years old.
1: Yeah. I normally recommend tunneling to do these repairs, and and we do it all the time. Uh, the, the bigger thing that you have to, to look at is, like you mentioned, the damage that's going to be caused. I mean, if you've ever driven down the road when they're jackhammering on the highway and you see that right. cloud of dust... Well, yes. that's what they're talking about doing in your house.
5: Yes, and the other thing is too is that it's well the the thing that concerns my husband is that twenty five about twenty five hundred dollars to do the you know reroute it versus about forty four hundred to. Go tunnel it, but to me, after you pay the plumber, you still have to pay the sheetrock, repaint right. the baseboards. To me, it's a wash.
1: It it absolutely is. By the time you pay everything, and I, I'm going to tell you, I've been doing tunneling since 1983. I've been in, mm-hmm. we've been in business since '78, and I was walking through a a uh, strawberry festival one time, mm-hmm. and the lady. Over in the corner, she saw me in my Due West shirt, and she says, oh, Due West, you guys did my foundation 15 years ago. I wish I'd have tunneled. Oh, really? 15 years later, she was still wishing she had tunneled instead of letting them jackhammer through the foundation.
5: Wow. Now, my only other question is, and this is what concerns my husband, he's saying if you reroute it, You're capping it off, and there might be some other leaks. Is it possible? I thought if you tunnel through, you could check for leaks while you're under there.
1: Well, if if it's not leaking at the time, you're not going to find them.
0: You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.